Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discussed Christina Aguilera, smoking, and volcanoes. I don't want to waste one minute, so let's get right into it. My guest today is a man uh, I've known a long time, and I've loved a long time. He is uh, the managing editor of TheVerge.com, a small website you may have heard about. And he's also someone that I like to consider a good acquaintance. I'm, of course, talking about T.C. Sadek, or as he prefers his name is pronounced, Sotek. T.C., thank you for being Sotek, yeah. <laughs> Since the third grade, I've sorry. heard that happen. Sorry, yeah. It's all right. I'm sorry. Listen, it's people a, neg my identity. It's the end of a long day. Years. I haven't seen TC since probably the last time he was on the podcast. Is that right? It's been a while. I think was it's been last that year, long. right? Well, last year is. I mean, that just means that it was a in a period prior to to this period. Really, when you think about it, I mean, what does last year mean? It means 2015. Yeah, I don't know. That guess that's possible. We wanted to do a wine cast with uh, Katie Drummond. Total disaster. Our old wine casting. Uh, partner in crime, but she said, and I quote, fuck you guys, you're dead to me. That does sound like Katie. It was very rude and very hurtful. It's Katie's way of saying I love you. That's right. Her way of saying I love you is saying I hate you, which I like. Anyhow, Katie's not here, but we decided to to soldier on because you and I clearly will have a lot to talk about on our <laughs> own. We discovered prior to recording that we neither one of us have anything to actually talk about. So a lot going on. This is going to be a very free Playing form. Playing any video games right now? You know what I... um. You know what's funny is uh, I had this feeling last night or yesterday. I was like, I'm going to play the new – I'm gonna. Pl- I haven't been playing any of the Fallout, new Fallout game. I was like, I'm going to play Fallout tonight. And then I realized it was Rosh Hashanah uh, and there was – my family was coming over for a long dinner. And so I didn't uh, – no. I, Does I'm Judaism not, prevent you from frolicking in post-apocalyptic no, wastelands no, I on wouldn't say major so. holidays? I wouldn't say so. But there were people there. So it was sort of – you can't just like – Say I'm gonna break from dinner and just start playing. Pop. <laughs> we have in our our living room and dining room our one big room. They're like connected, not connected. They're just one big fucking room. It's actually called a great room, uh, and it is a great room. I gotta say, uh, pat myself on the back. It's a really fantastic room. But uh, yeah, so you, like if I were playing video games, people would be at the table. You know what I mean? People would be mm-hmm. in the in the dining area, and I would just be... die, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it would just be a little weird, I think, to be taking out. That sounds like uh, my whole childhood, though. Mutants. Playing, you know, What's that? playing Goldeneye on oh. the little picture-in-picture. Picture oh, yeah, yeah, while yeah. yeah. the family's watching Notre Dame football. Did you, did you really do that? Yeah. You played Goldeneye while people no, were no, watching No, no, actually TV? it was <clears throat> SN, uh, Super Nintendo. Did you play Goldeneye when it was split-screen four ways in a picture-in-picture? <laughs> picture? So your screen was just a tiny, like, literal postage, literal postage stamp size? No, I got to play Super Nintendo in a, in a small, maybe two-by-two-inch box on a CRT television while football sounds, football was on. That sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Serious neglect. Although I got to go full well, screen I, during commercial breaks. It could have been a lot worse. You could have been not allowed to play at all. Could, I could have had a Genesis or something. <laughs> hey, Genesis is a cool system, man. I'm sick of people talking shit on the Genesis. Fucking Alter Beast, Shinobi. There were a lot of great games. No, but are Genesis. you excited for anything? Have you done well, let me tell a you lot of I've, VR yet? Let me tell you what I've been doing. I haven't been uh, delving into too much VR because my real life is so adventurous and exciting that it's like I'm on a virtual adventure. Um, I have been playing. I got out a Vita that I had sitting in a drawer, a PlayStation Vita, PS Vita, a terribly named product. Vita, it sounds like a- What does it mean? Life? Life force? Maybe. Vitality? I'm pretty sure there's a a cracker called the Vita. 
you can buy. It's like a, it's maybe it's a foreign cracker. Sounds like a brand. Are you talking about Velveeta? Like Velveeta oh, biscuits? That's what I'm about. Velveeta? <laughs> the Ryan the cheese is, ball? Velveeta breakfast biscuits for like Ryan the, is what I'm talking about. Um, here's what I've been doing. So I got the Vita out, and I have been playing this game called uh, Retro City Rampage DX. Have you ever played it? No. It's like it's is it, like is it like based on Rampage where the monsters are No. Okay. Although that, game that is tight. a fucking great game. How is it possible that Rampage that you couldn't expand on the Rampage universe? You could just make the same game over and over again. Actually, that would be a great VR game. Kids these days, yes, it would. Kids these days don't know the pleasure of Rampage. Rampage was an arcade game. I used to play it in an arcade where you would you would play as like a monster. You could play as like Godzilla. Yep. Like big, off-brand. They were like off-brand. Off-brand. It wasn't Donkey actually Kong, Godzilla. It was King like Kong. Yeah, it was like a King Kong, but not King Kong. Deputy King Kong. It was like it was like <laughs> Squire Kong. Fing Fong or something. <laughs> it was like it was like close enough. It was like Godzilla was like Jodzilla. <laughs> and uh George and Lizzie. The lizard oh, and the monkey. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. George and George and Lizzie. Okay. And you would climb buildings. And destroy them, and you could eat people. Mm-hmm. People would be running; these little people would be running around. You grab them and eat them. It was so satisfying. To and eat. That was the whole game. That's it. You just destroy. But you could play it forever. Stage after stage of destroying. I guess in a post nine eleven world, it's a little bit. It's it's now it's now it doesn't seem quite as enjoyable to just destroy a building. But I don't know, man. I feel like you could bring that back. You know, you like kind of a like maybe you play as the people. You try not to get eaten. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a tiny little person running around. No, now, has... it, now it would be like Pepe the Frog climbing buildings and oh, that's good. eating people up. Putting Nazi symbols it's on like, top of them. Spray painting <laughs> Play, swastikas placing, on the like, Placing parentheses around names. <laughs> <laughs> You have to get huge parentheticals <laughs> that you place around Jewish-sounding names. Um, the The... Retro City Rampage has nothing to do with uh, Rampage, but it is like a riff on, it's like a mashup. It's, it was released like many years ago. I think it's not that new, maybe a couple years ago, but it's like a mashup of a bunch of, it's like kind of like G, the original GTA. Do you remember the original GTA, which yeah. is like a top down, top down. and it's like kind of like, um, uh, what is it? There's another one. It's like River City something. And then there's a bunch of like Back to the Future references in it. Like, you get a DeLorean, and, like, uh, Doc is in it. And there's a bunch of, like, they basically have these off-brand versions of very popular characters. <laughs> it's really cool. And it's none of it makes any sense. When did this come out? Is it U.S. made? Like, two or three years ago? Yeah. 2014. So. 2014. And it's like you just run around, you drive your car into people, you kill people, you go on these ridiculous missions that don't make any sense. And, like, you keep running into characters that are... And they, they're like, oh, any characters in this are pure, it's purely coincidental. But it's definitely not coincidental. They definitely are like... Now, is the Vita more convenient as a parent? I've been playing it... Parental gamer? I've been playing it in bed instead of looking at my phone before I go to sleep. Because I find that when I look at my phone before I go to sleep, I get very agitated and anxious. And I end up, you know, in some kind of like Twitter or Facebook uh, funnel that I can't get out of. Or news funnel. And so what I do is I put down the phone. I pick up the Vita. And I plug into a great uh, action game like Retro City Rampage DX. And I just enjoy life. I also downloaded a game called Claire, which I haven't really paid, played very much. It's like a weird side scroller. 
you play like a little girl or something. I don't fucking know, man. Is her name Claire? I think so, yeah. I haven't looked at it that much. I also played Inside. Uh, I, Oh, I guess, and I got um, No Man's Sky. Oh. I've played that a little I've bit. I've been playing that. Are you playing that? Yeah. I found it uh, very interesting at first, and then it got progressively more boring. It's it's incredibly boring. And now I've stopped. It's incredibly boring. <laughs> now I don't think of it at all. In fact, I couldn't even remember that I bought it. It's I, one of the most boring games I've ever played. I mean, I like games where you just walk around. <laughs> like one of my favorite things about Fallout is that you can just walk and just do nothing and just like stumble upon things. But the um Yeah, everything in the difference is everything that's in that game is intentionally designed. It's not randomly generated. You're not seeing play, like you know, a place there for shits and giggles. Here's a mushroom. Here's a slightly different colored mushroom. Yeah, it's that, this is the thing. It's like, it's like you go to a different planet, but it's like, it's not like you discover, and maybe you do at some point, but it's not like you land on a planet and it's like a highly evolved civilization where you're suddenly like meeting alien creatures and it's like you have a whole sprawl to like explore. It's not like you fly down to like Blade Runner, a Blade Runner city. It's like you're, as far as I know. No, it's, it's. You're just on different planets with how, different. How much, how much time did you play? Very little. A couple of hours. Maybe five you, hours. You played the whole game. Five or six hours. It's like maybe, maybe it's like you're not going down to a planet where suddenly uh, you're, you're in like an adventure. You have to like find some parts for a computer or something. I mean, you do right. crap they, like well, that. They, but I mean like an adventure within the place. It's like there are no, it doesn't seem like there's anything else. Yeah. Besides no, they, exploring. They made, it seems like they made the structure for a very fucking awesome game yeah but then they just stopped well it's well, like just it, because an algorithm can now design a game does not mean we should let yeah. it design a I game i think i think it's like just because we be, have the technology to create it nobody stopped and asked if we it's we like if i could it. if i could colonize a world and create like a city and then that city would become like self-sustaining and it's like a sim yeah, world. that was like the dream of spore right you Did know you ever play spore no that was the. Uh, I'm aware of it though. It's like SimCity for cells, right? Yeah, it was like the big grand vision, like the grand unified theory of SimCity. Yeah. Where you start as a multicellular organism yeah. and slowly work yourself up to an intergalactic civilization. We're positing a chariots of the gods scenario. Yeah, Josh, yeah. It's like again. Dune. It's like Dune. Yeah. It's like but you it, go and start. But it ended up being like a penis simulator where people just made <laughs> dick monsters. <laughs> And posted it on YouTube. And so like, it was a lot like EA Reddit. And Ma- yeah, exactly. Mm, interesting. Uh, anyhow, I... think I, they spent maybe $100 million just moderating, I re- moderating dicks out of the... I remember I remember the, the game. I remember the game. It's by, it's by the SimCity guy, right? Yeah, what's his name? Will... Will Wright. Anyhow, Will Wright failed. And It the, was such a good idea. And then I saw No Man's combine, Sky and I was if like... If they can combine Spore and No Man's Sky, we might be able to get a functioning civilization. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think the problem is like it's cool. Like, but what I really want, I want an idea. Like, I want there to be in Fallout. You don't have to stay on the path, but there is a path. And if you like in Fallout Three, with the greatest game, probably the greatest game ever made, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> in Fallout Three, I hated that game. You hated Fallout Three. It's because I grew up in the DC area, so I was like seeing everything they did wrong with it. Like, that street doesn't go there. Exactly. This, this is not an this intersection. doesn't exist. You can't get to this intersection that way. I thought it was brilliant. I didn't grow <laughs> no, up in D.C., good. so I was like, this seems totally realistic to Fallout me. 3, though, I also beat the entire game Same. in something like two or three hours. What? <clears throat> oh, you if you, fall, if you do just the main storyline, but I didn't know that's what I was on the that's whole so, time. That's so horrible. Why horrible. would you do that? I immediately went off. I immediately was like, go to the thing in the south. And I was like, south? I was like, is there, I didn't even know there was like a compass in the game. I was, I immediately went east 
for like several hours. I didn't know Breaking what was happening. Rules. And then I went to the first town you go to, and I killed everybody in the town. I like had a, it was like a massacre. You go to this, the first town of Fallout Three is like it's like it's actually really beautiful. You can walk around. It's called like I can't remember. That. It's called like New Neutron. Nuketown. It's Nuke, called Nuketown. Nuketown. Yeah. And I and killed, now a message from our first sponsor, the National Rifle Association. Yeah. Just shoot it. But the NRA says just shoot it. If it's moving, shoot it. If it doesn't move, shoot it anyway. Just shoot, shoot first. It. Ask questions later. Shoot first. Never ask questions. Brought to you by the NRA. <laughs> I know you didn't see Westworld, but this all ties in very nicely with the conceit of the show. Hey, spoiler so I alert. I saw people complaining about Westworld. Well, those people are dumb and they suck because Westworld was very, very good, except I figured out the entire secret Wait, so of you Westworld. Have, you've seen it. I've seen okay. all of what the first episode of Westworld, and I thought it was very, very entertaining television. And also, uh, it speaks to a lot of our favorite trend lines in um, futurism and pop culture. Right. So you, you'll feel very comfortable watching Westworld. You'll feel oh, like... I'm sure I'll love it. You'll feel I, like, I've seen and heard all of this before, but I love the way it's being presented. So I canceled my HBO Now subscription. Great choice. Right at the right because time. Because all that was on was Vice Principles, which is a deeply racist show. I haven't I seen it. I haven't it. seen it, but most of the things Danny McBride does are pretty racist. Deeply, yeah. Yeah. No self-awareness. He's a kind of racist against white people, too. He's like just an all around checking all, checking all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know he's. I mean he's. I'm not saying he's an equal opportunity offender because that is not a thing. Actually, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, I think he he's said like I'm an he's, I'm an equal opportunity offender. That's his thing. <laughs> no, he definitely is a lot of like um, like in the way that Napoleon Dynamite is really racist, which it is. It's like that. Have you ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? I have, but I I think I saw it. Before I had a critical theory of Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should check it out. Yeah, it definitely I'll is like it. it definitely is like a movie that like thinks it's funny if you're Hispanic. Like part of its conceit. Anyhow. HBO does a lot of that though. Have you ever seen Summer Heights High? All that Chris Lilly stuff. He's in Summer Heights High is like a fucking Australian show or something. Yeah. Never seen that. I don't Australia. You know, all, all due respect. Australia is super racist. Yeah, it's a terrible place. Yes. Actually, I just heard, I was just listening to, all due respect, Australia is a hellhole. But <laughs> but I was just listening to um, some British people talking about Brexit, and they went to, like, you know, Hard Scrabble or some whatever, like, area of Britain is where all of the really British people are, and they were interviewing them on the hard street. Hard Scrabble sounds like a night hard at Scrabble my family's is actually, house. Hard Scrabble is actually a road near where I live. It's called Hard Scrabble Road. And I'm like, what happens on our, this must be tough hard times it's like seriously so it's like a seriously wealthy area a lot of seven letter words i'm not saying that, that i live in a wealthy area i'm saying that hard scrabble road is located in a wealthy area it's a 50 point bonus so i also live in a wealthy area um, you have a great room you just said you had a great room I do, it is great nobody in the city has a great room except for no you. i had to get out of here i had to get out of this hellhole hellish you know what's the, it's what's almost the op- as bad as australia what's the opposite <laughs> it's right what is the opposite of a great room because that's what you can get in new york <laughs> like this room. Sorry, this room's pretty terrible, <laughs> but it's where I live. A studio okay. apartment. Anyhow, yeah, there's some beautiful studio apartments in this area. But anyhow, but you live on Long Island, right? Yeah, I live out in Hicksville. <laughs> Just kidding. That is a part of Long Island, though. It actually took me. Yeah. It took me a good two and a half years of. I've lived here three years now. To know which way Long Island. No, was. I didn't know that I lived on Long Island. Well, technically, but you live but in Brooklyn. But Bro- Brooklyn is part of Long Island. Yeah, but nobody says- But there's just like, in my head, I imagined like, oh, we connect to the mainland somewhere up by Queens. I never looked into it. You're oh. on Long Island, It's just a running Island, assumption. You're, you're not on. You're on it. The whole thing is Long Island, right? People yes. don't really think of Brooklyn as- I mean, yes, exactly. That's what speaking. I'm saying. 
you can live your whole life in Brooklyn of course. without knowing. Yes. As I think it's many, the myth of think myth maybe, of the state. Many people do. I'm insulting a lot of people in a lot of areas tonight on the podcast. But let me get back on topic. Australians, terrible. The British. <laughs> Anyhow, they were in like, you know, what's a place that you go in England uh, that has like a very British name? Leicester. Yeah, something. It's actually pronounced Leicester. Is it Leicester? It's pronounced Leicester. I've never heard anybody say that word. Oh, well, it's pronounced Leicester. Now you know. Anyhow, the point is these uh, British people sounded like they were in a fucking, they sounded like they were in, what's the movie about the kid with the porridge, the the book? Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. (laughs) They were like, hey, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Yeah, you're right. We don't need need Europe. It was like that. (laughs) It's like, we don't need Europe. That's actually what they were saying. It's like there's a lot. There's, somebody was like, "There's lots of countries out there." <laughs> oh, Megan says we could do it on our own. We can. Right, say it. it was insane. Here's some. Okay, here's here some go. British town names for go. you. Yep. These are real, hundred percent real. Here we go. Upton Snodsbury. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Willy that's Wonka. Sounds, that sounds like that sounds. Puckle like, Church. <laughs> no, this sounds. This is like Ponzi. No, this is one hundred percent real. This is like. Wait, is Ponzi? Throop. Hold on, wait. Is Ponzi? Is Ponzi a bad word? I don't know. Ponzi? Yeah, it's like a British. Is it like a? a is it derogatory? Like, no, ponce is a bad word. It's no, no. affected, like ponce. like just. It's sort of like uh, just pretentious. Like a upper, uh, pretentious. Okay, I just want to make sure it's not like a slur. It's like posh but bad. Nether Wallop, real name of a town. Hey, let's let's get out of here already. Give That's them the like, old Nether Wallop. Yeah, they were like they were like give me the old let's give Europe the old Evo. It was like that. <laughs> Anyhow, over p over. Why am I talking about this? I don't know. We were talking about Westworld. Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Australians can't be trusted. (laughs) Anyone will tell you that. Sorry. Okay, I said I wasn't going to do it, but... Oh, oh, we don't... Oh, sorry. We said we weren't going to talk about politics. But I just accidentally kind of sort of made a Donald Trump joke. I mean, how can we not talk about it? Yeah, we should talk. Because you're a very political guy. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Can I talk about your background? Yeah. Maybe people do know it. Before TCB came... Deep underground. <clears throat> Let me get the right register for this. Before TC, before TC became in a world, in a world, before TC became a, you're just really housing that bourbon. Should I be worried? This guy's you drinking. Just said I, we're talking about politics. This guy's drinking. So shot of, he's uh, drinking like a fish. The there are fish. Here. If the fi- if fish saw what he was doing, they'd be like, "I'm good." They'd be like, "I'm good." No, fish thank don't you. Drink booze. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, if that were water. Anyhow. Fisher dying He's doing the old nether wallop. <sighs> TC, before he came to work at The Verge, was a lob- worked for a lobbyist in, it's true. in it's D.C. True. And he, his lobby was, it was uh, prop, pro-prop 8 <laughs> and pro-cigarettes. <laughs> his thing was to, spe- his whole trip was stop gay marriage and increase the amount of people smoking. Get them to stop marrying and stop start smoking. Start smoking. <laughs> How do you respond it's to this? Absolutely, it's true. It's one hundred percent true. That's right. One hundred percent true. Anyhow, but you know he's he, uh, he no. Really... It was a it was a national parks <laughs> conservation <laughs> advocacy group. Same difference. Very crunchy granola. Yeah, TC actually had to in several photo uh, sessions had to hug a tree. For, oh, it was great for though. the materials. No, it was. Did it you was, lobby? Were cool you? Job. What did you it do? Tell cool me. Job. Give me an example of the kind of lobbying you did. Give me like a specific. So lobbying is actually a very boring job. Um. It's okay. depicted completely falsely most of the time. Like says the you know, former not, lobbyist. Says the <laughs> TC would like to put a stop to the um, inaccurate depictions of lobbying in popular media. No, I think lobbying is largely very good, and it benefits most people in this country. I think 
most people don't know that most lobbying organizations are nonprofits. They're not bribing politicians. They're just representing people. It's um, definitely a huge First Amendment exercise. Sounds like somebody who's still on the take. Absolutely. Still getting lobbying still money in, making in your all back of my pocket. National parks money. Lobby dollars in your pocket. Yeah. You guys uh, did. You know You know what? I, I will say this. A little suspiciously, The Verge just did a series on national parks recently. It's true. It's true. And I got to say, it does sound some alarms. You're a national park lobbyist. We did. No, no, no. Next the, thing you the know. The 100th anniversary of the National Park Service. Is, I wonder who brought that to the, the attention of people at The Verge. I absolutely did. You did, yeah, right? That was a huge, that was a huge subject <laughs> of conversation. <laughs> was my that a coup for you? You're former... like, I'm going to get this shit across one way or another. Oh, people were psyched. Yeah. People love parks. That's a, so let me tell you, yeah. I had the easiest lobbying job in the world because there, every state and territory, even in the United States, except for one, has a national park in it. Guess which one? I'm going to guess. Does okay. not. I'm going to guess. Texas. Is that, a serious, is that no. a serious guess? No. Give me your serious guess. No. North Dakota. <laughs> I want a serious guess. I want a serious guess. South Dakota. All right. The answer is Delaware. More Delaware. Like, more like Delaware. Delaware first state. <laughs> it is a national park for tax. First state in the union. Only state without a national there's park. There's not a lot of greenery there. Not a no, lot there's of nothing there. It's all, it's all chicken shit stops. farms it's and, all, it's and all, beaches. It's all. It's literally just a strip of land where there's like on one side there's chicken farms and the other side there's beaches. It's all. They don't have any room for parks because they have all the buildings that they blow up at the end of Fight Club. Spoiler <laughs> alert. But I'm pretty sure Fight Club is set Wait, in Wait, is Delaware. that really where that took place? I think that's where it's set. Wilmington? That's what I believe because they blow up all the credit card huh. agencies. It was a weird skyline. Where else I didn't would they? That where skyline. else would they be? I don't know if that's where they actually are. But when you think about it, where would you go to destroy all of the records of all of like the credit card companies and the businesses? The state with no tax. You go to Delaware, where all the businesses are based. Theory. That's just a thought. Ryan, can you fact check that? For it's Ryan, Delaware. can we get? Is is, is it, it fun, really? Are you fucking yeah, serious? But it was shot in. It's set in Wilmington, Delaware, but was shot in Wilmington, California. That's incredible. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I know. I, 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 w- I don't believe it as much as you don't, but. How about this uh, city of industry? What They couldn't come up with a better name for a city. Are you talking about True Detective season two? No, now? I'm talking about, oof, that was a stinker. Oof. Uh, talk, about, uh, talk about a show going from the, the height and peak of excellence to the depths of, a, of, a, of a, the dregs of a toilet, backed up toilet. So bad. Really bad. Anyhow, getting back um, to Westworld. <laughs> wait, so wait, you're saying everybody loves parks. Everybody loves – so it was an easy lobbying job. You know, like yeah. all we had to do – we had 250,000 members or something for but organization. So we would just go to Congress and say, hey, your members like parks. Give parks money. But didn't you get people like – didn't you get people who were like, this underneath this park is a rich reserve of oil that we need to get into? Yeah. I mean that actually <laughs> – we dealt with some – pretty what uh, people might consider small issues but they were huge issues for us which was like snowmobiles in Yellowstone existential threat is that a problem yeah why what happens Ah, because people just want to snowmobile through Yellowstone all the time I bet that's fucking rad that's populations you know overflights was another example like maybe don't fly over the Grand Canyon and ruin people's experience of it what Um, come on yeah hey those rocks don't own the sky no man's guy except the federal government I like how they have a pipe that goes up straight up I think it's interesting right they're like well think about it you have the ground that's yours okay you've got it you're there they're like 
all of the stuff above the ground. How high up does the does the federal government reach? There's no there's no height limit to your property, right? Oh, really? So yeah. you're telling me because I got I don't think that's true. You own it all the way down to. China. I should clear yeah, the up I should, and down. You own. I should clear the airspace above my house. Just be like, sorry, this is a no fly zone. But you don't. <laughs> you don't necessarily own. I mean, if there's liquid, right? You just what does that you mean? Can drink other people's milkshake? I've heard. What? Right. No, Listen, do you know where I learned about air rights? No. The movie Burlesque starring Sharon Christina Aguilera was actually a musical about air rights. I'm wow. not kidding. I'll tell you what's interesting about that is I forgot that Christina Aguilera starred in a movie. I actually have not heard Christina Aguilera's name for years. Well, you know she's on the fucking watch the voice. voice. Oh, is she really? Wow, come on, man. This guy's so busy thinking this about is parts. The voice. Now, you so know what? I have, about I've crafted a zone of exclusion. Of certain types wow, of information. This is, you know what? This is homophobia is what this is. I think it does sound anti-gay to me is what I'm hearing right well, now. You know, well, as you, your prop, as you know, as you know, I lobby. You're anti-Prop 8 right. or you're pro-Prop 8. Oh, wait, Prop 8 was, pro banning, was banning or Prop 8 was to ban gay marriage, right? No on Prop 8 was good. good. No, I'm, Yes right. on Prop 8. And you were a yes on Prop 8 guy. <laughs> no. You were working for Absolutely the Mormons, not. for the Mormons, Absolutely. who were the big, largest contributor to Prop 8. As far as I understand, it is insane. Though. That's how that's how you get people. Is you put something on the ballot that you have to vote against. And yeah, so we're going to have most people will vote for things. We talk about politics. You know? What were some other yeah. issues that you faced with uh, parks? Uh, funding. Actually, one of my big jobs working at uh, this organization was to come up with a sustainable funding sh- sustainable funding model for the parks. The shadow organization it, that you can't yeah, name. What's it called? The National Parks Conservation Association, mm. or NPCA, uh, founded just a year after the Park Service was created by one of its original founders, who realized there needed to be an independent voice so of the people. There needed to be checks and balances service. around. The, the Park Service couldn't go unchecked. Right. Well, it has, a, it has a really weird mandate, which is contradictory. To protect, On the one hand, to protect and serve. It has, yeah. <laughs> no, that's ex- actually, that's exactly it. That's, liter- <laughs> that's literally it. It has to protect and preserve the natural resources. Oh, to but protect then it has and to, preserve. But then it also has to provide them for public enjoyment. So essentially serve the public. That's tough. Yeah. That's like RoboCop kind of. Which is where serve the public snowmobiles in Yellowstone come in because right. you have to preserve so you the land. I can't ride a snowmobile through Yellowstone? You can, but there's restrictions. What if I wanted to build a house in Yellowstone? Absolutely National not. Park? What if I wanted to build a- But, you know, if, if small, some of the original- Small, a tiny house. When the Park Service was founded, it wasn't guaranteed. Like you might, you know- Right. There might be, if things had gone a different way, you could easily see, you know- Yosemite would just be filled with resorts for the rich. Yeah, that's which what is it should insane, be. But in it's Trump's America, that's what's going to happen. You know? yeah. I think if Trump wins, it's likely that the parks will be annexed to the very rich to become Absolutely. Spas. All the bison will be painted gold. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a through line to know when this volcano in Yellowstone is going to go off? Is there a volcano I'd, there? Allegedly, there's a super volcano under <laughs> Yellowstone just waiting to destroy the entire planet. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Is this like a biggest secret style conspiracy theory? Or no, there really, like, no, there really is, is a super we volcano. Know. We don't want, we don't want uh, that. We but, don't need that. You know, we, we no, maybe know. that is what we need. Actually, it's not going to go off for another. Who knows? <laughs> it could be next year. It could be five hundred thousand years this from is, now. This is the start of every fucking Morgan Freeman disaster movie. They're like, it starts here. No, no, you know, that John guys C- talking John C- in a radio station and then they die. No, what was what was that John Cusack disaster movie where like L.A. crumbles? I think it's called. Is that the one where? Was, was that, that twenty? Oh, it was twenty twelve. It was twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. 
in that movie, the, in that movie, the Yellowstone supervolcano goes off, <laughs> so, and he's like in Yellowstone driving just, an RV how, while yeah. molten, like, molten lava is like, like veering around the lava yeah. and trees are collapsing, it's flaming meteor yeah. boulders coming yeah. out of the. Yeah. I, it's definitely every true that every movie like that starts with. It's like a couple of guys are in like a remote monitoring station somewhere and they're like looking at some readings <laughs> like that terrible Godzilla movie yeah they're looking at some readings they're like this, this is what is this reading? this isn't right you know and they have to go tell somebody like, about oh, the fuck. reading the world's gonna die and then somebody's like they get a report and they're like this can't be right it's not supposed to. We wouldn't see readings like this for a thousand years. And then next thing you know, boom, a child super, is the only witness of, of you know of, the the, the great I, the great irony of that being an implausible Hollywood scenario is that the real world scenario is we have ninety nine percent of scientists saying global warming is real, and nobody believes <laughs> nobody them. Cares. Nobody believes ninety nine percent of scientists. It's not even like two scientists being yeah. like the ocean levels are going to rise. It's yeah. literally. Well, Every scientist, except for like the chiropractors. You know, who, you know if they had, were fucking smart, these climate change people would have kept it to themselves and waited to the Or they would have formed a lobbyist two, group. No, like, two, like the oil no just had two scientists who found it, who discovered it. They're like, these readings are off the charts. And they take, then they take it into fucking Congress, and Congress is like, my God, look at the, Then they would believe it. The problem is it's too many, there's too much of a yeah. consensus. And we, the thing is, we have a black president. We almost have a lady president. We're almost lined up perfectly. Well, we have a black Hollywood president, but we don't have the right black it's president. Interesting if Morgan like, Freeman was president, he would, he would be taking those scientists seriously. It is interesting that, like, the the right pairing, it's like uh, the wine pairing for disaster is a president <laughs> that looks unfamiliar to us. <laughs> We're like, oh, aliens? It's a lady who's president. A <laughs> comet is hitting Earth? It's the black president. There's never, like, a regular white guy. I guess Bill Pullman kind of deals with yeah. something regular about that white guy, though, in uh, Independence Day. Very traditional white president. Very white in the second one, which I haven't seen, have you seen the new Independence Day? No, I haven't. Resurgence? Did they invent that word? I think I saw it in the tra- <laughs> by watching the trailer. Is resurgence yeah. a word? It is. Yeah, it doesn't that's a sound word. like one. It's, you surge, and then you resurge. But you do it, you resurge. A resurgence. I don't think you that's resurge. a word. Is resurgence actually it's a word? It's, it's a word. Can yeah, we just double check that? Feels wrong to me. Anyhow, it could be this uh, this maker's mark talking. But anyhow, so let's talk about politics for a moment. All right. You're a deeply political man. You are a member of the park service, a member of the park park ranger. You're a former park ranger, and uh, and a vehement defender of the Constitution. Voting for Jill Stein. A Second Amendment. My agenda was to promote smoking in you're, the national parks. You're one. <laughs> you're one. <laughs> you prevent gay marriage and promote smoking within the national parks. <laughs> You don't want anybody getting gay married inside of the National Park at region. Unless they're a pack-a-day smoker. I'll be Ellie Oxen for you. Less 20 to, <clears throat> 20 to 40 cigarettes in a go. Um, you're a vehement defender of the Second Amendment. You're a gun owner, right? No. You come in from New York? Gun, you're from a gun-owning family, though. Uh, no. Not no a guns? Family, no. For some reason I thought I've you were I've fired like, guns. Yeah. It's did, fun. Did you like it? Did you feel a surge of power uh, run it's through not, It's body? very scary until you do it a few times. I feel like it's scary even if you do it. Yeah. No? It is scary. I've never fired a gun. I feel like if I got if I fired a gun, I'd become addicted it's an inter- to it. No, it's an interesting experience. Tell me, sure. what, tell me what it feels like. Um, it, You definitely feel powerful, but not in a not in a fun way, in a serious way. Like in a terrible way. Yeah, in in a scary way, like you know, you're. I was on a range. Yeah, lots of other people around me. Yeah, 
Everyone fired. It was kind of helped by the fact that there was this guy firing a black powder rifle on what's, one side of me. It was a, like he was obviously there. a black powder rifle? You know, like a Revolutionary War rifle, black okay. powder. Oh, yeah. Like it was, a, an, yeah. Art, it was an artifact, essentially. Okay. So that was strange. I, I didn't um, think he was going to take me out because it took him a minute to reload, but I was looking at all the other guys <laughs> over there. I feel like all I would be able to think about is how do I stop myself from shooting someone? <laughs> like, like, I feel like, not that I want to shoot anybody, but I feel like once you get the gun in your hand, something might happen, right, right. where you break. <clears throat> and you're like, oh, I could just kill somebody, and then you do it. Well, I got focused on an objective because, you know, it was, I was in a range. There was a target. Take out as many terrorists as I was you really could. bad at it, so I was hitting the wood posts that were oh, holding the target up. Yeah. And the gun range owner comes over and he's like, yo, you got to hit the target or get the fuck out of here. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, he, like, scared me into focusing on the target. The target. The and then after, out, after that happened, the primary I, was, target. You know, I started to enjoy it. What'd you do? Hole in the chest. I uh, know it was like a, tradi- it was a traditional, traditional circular target. No okay. Osamas. No or, chest. No, no okay. chests. So how did you do? Po- oh, poorly. Yeah. Very what poorly. What were you firing? Uh, my, my good buddy who was in the army mm-hmm. uh, had some World War II era <laughs> rifles. That were very, that were a fun. He had shoot. a Luger. Uh, he brought. Some, he had a spring. It was a, a Nazi firearm. Springfield, some, uh, 1903. He brought some action. armbands for us. A Luger and a couple of hats with a couple of metal helmets with points. No, it was on interesting. Them. It was like a historical experience. I got to fire. You felt like you were in the kill- gun that won the war. That's the one that killed all the Nazis. Yeah, the M1 Garand. It's a rifle. It's a rifle. How many rounds? Just a single round. Eight. Oh, it holds eight rounds. Yeah, it's semi-automatic. So it has it has a clip. So the Germans didn't have a semi-automatic. Well, they had. You know, later in the war, they had yeah. one. They found one. They're like, what if yeah. we do this? Um, that's interesting. I mean, it's a kind of a technology story when you think about it. Absolutely. Everything is a technology story when we you think about it. We found the tech angle. <laughs> there, there is the tech <laughs> angle. And The Verge. Um, that was early on. It was like, what is the, what is the angle? Right. How is the, where is the connection? Right. Which Although out our thesis were... evolved pretty quickly, too. You know, every story is a technology story. Well, it's, and also it's true. In um, not to get not to divert this conversation away from our our from Westworld approach we'll to, to Westworld and politics, uh, but as we're you know getting you know planning the launch of the outline and talking about what we want to cover and how we're going to cover it, which is a hot conversation. Do right you want now. to tell your readers what the outline is, or do they know? Uh, the outline is a new uh, thing that I'm doing. It's uh, going to be on the web. Uh, and it's for uh, it's for readers. It's not for everyone. Viewers. It's for not, you. It's not for everyone. It's for you. It's a box you get every month filled with snacks. It's, it's a box. <laughs> it's a, a subscription service. You get a little surprise in the mail once a month. You open it up. It tells you to go to a website. It's a Groupon. <laughs> you get a, you get a Groupon for a website. It's quite it's quite interesting. Our model is a little different. Um, anyhow, but we've been talking a lot about um, you know what things are as a story like where they fall into the categories and what it turns out is like there's a category where a lot of things merge where a lot of things kind of like meld into one another and uh and i think one of the things that we thought about early and talked about early at the verge was that technology was a um a lens i think is like what i used to bullshit about and i think that's very true even more true now yeah it was an intersection it is an intersection. It's a lens. It's a, it's a, some cases literally a lens. It's a tripwire. It's a, it's a uh, firing mechanism. It's a magnifying glass, and it's also uh, a weapon that will maybe kill your entire family. A weapon of a weapon of information. 
that machine kills fascists. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, or elects them if it's Twitter. <laughs> that machine elects fascists. <laughs> this machine elects fascists is very good. You should do something with That's that. Actually, that'll be my story that I contribute to the outline. That sounds like I would love that. Yeah. I would love for a contribution from you. That's a great headline know. right there. This machine elects fascists. It'll be a Twitter story. That's very, very good. I don't, I don't know how many more Twitter stories anybody can take at this point. <laughs> uh, anyhow, how did they get on this topic? Politics. Politics. Westworld. So you're a Trump supporter. Talk to me about that. 100% born and raised. <laughs> you gave me you know, born and raised a Trump supporter. You That's, can, you no, know. Theaters anything about Just Trump. ask Ivanka. <laughs> Trump supporter. I had nothing growing up. I had a single parent. All I, all we had. Are you being sarcastic all, right now? Is this no, no, true? no, single mom, teacher. Okay. All we had to our family's name was a gold-plated toilet. <laughs> and I tell you what, every this time is your I, birthright. Every time I pooped in that toilet, I thought, "Make America great again." <laughs> I, that said in my head, "Make America great He's again." Is that Trump? This is for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you're no, you're a you're a hardcore liberal lefty socialist. You're basically like you're a Jill. Are you Jill, I am, I'm Jill Stein? Left-wing. Jill Stein. Jill Stein is. No, she thinks vaccines are bunk. I don't hate hey, juries out. We don't know. Okay, juries sure. Out, all the right. scientists, all the scientists and doctors Isn't think she vaccines a chiropractor? work. She thinks like, Wi-Fi causes have, cancer. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Juries out. We don't know. Ask Nick Bilton. You know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, listen, everything's up for grabs. All information is up for grabs. If what, there's we just one have thing a shitty, learned, we have a shitty slate, and I I don't say that to like there's there's I mean there's no comparison. Please don't denigrate. There's no comparison between the great Hillary Clinton Gary and Johnson. Trump. Jerry J- Gronson. <laughs> Gary Johnson, what an ignoramus. This guy is incredibly fucking stupid. I mean, he really is. His favorite world leader is himself. Here's the thing about, here's the thing about Gary Johnson. I'm sorry, like, to, to, to the millennials, whatever. He, you know, he wants to legalize weed. That's really cool. That's great. It's super important. But um, if you look at the libertarian platform, I don't know if you've done that. I have, yeah. It's like no public school, no civil rights laws, no... I mean, no, it's like nothing. What's the trope the, the, or the, the line? It's like we, we don't like the consequences, but we love the causes. Yeah, the, right? the, um, the, the civil rights thing is really interesting. It's like, it's like personal freedom above all else. And libertarianism will make, you know, they will make no law. No one wants to make a law that will force your personal freedom to be um, – uh, uh, inter, inter, interrupted by anyone else's personal freedom. So it really sets up a pretty amazing scenario, which is like everyone does everything that they want and nothing that anyone else wants to do can be pushed on a thing that you want. And so like- It's like a logical fallacy though. Well, it's like it's like definitely this is going to be well, all sure. out. My, that's the old thing of like my, my rights end where your rights begin, right? And you just have to f- figure out where that line is. But- the libertarian platform is essentially clickbait for freshmen, for Gamer Ayn Gate. Rand readers. For Gamergate. Right. <laughs> clickbait <Okay>. for Gamergate. <laughs> uh, and, and of this course- is definitely the meme election. It's insane. I mean, no. there's, a, there's a direct line between Gamergate and Donald Trump. No, there is. There, it's, there's it's, actually- It's fucking bizarre. There's a direct line between uh, modern media, clickbait, Gamergate- uh, men's rights activists in all forms, neo-Nazis. And its name is Palmer Lucky. <laughs> Donald Ma- Trump. Milo well, I mean, Yiannopoulos. I mean, I mean yeah. Milo and, and, and Palmer Lucky. Palmer, who, by the way, is 
what's he's actually a very sweet, nice, lovely person and in, in, in any interaction I've ever had with him. It's so it's so disheartening and upsetting and surprising to discover that like he is ultimately has really really flawed. A I don't really, think it's, I don't think it's surprising at all. I think a lot. Of I think it's very do. easy. If you want to I think escape it's very, to virtual reality. It might well, be. Here, here's the thing. I think it's very easy to be a teenage edge lord. <laughs> you know, it is. Like I was probably one for a little while. I was a gamer in wow, high check school. Check out this ego. I don't know. <laughs> but like, you know, it, that's the story of America, right? You. You leave your parents' house, you rebel. Yeah. And what do you rebel against now? You rebel against... PC culture, man. Yeah, PC culture. Touchy-feely, safe space. I have to say, but you like, know what? But but the flip side of that is like... that. But if that's... I'm saying if that's the culture, if like that is an obvious thing to be a rebel against, yeah. then you're going to easily get caught up in like yeah, the but South you would, Park. You, you, you would think... Yeah, but you would think that uh, there's a level like Palmer's smart enough he's a smart guy smart enough to see the bullshit well yeah. he's an engineer he's not maybe that's true engineers tend to, engineers tend to make really bad weird interesting decisions <laughs> like there's which different is, kinds of smart well at any rate I'm not making excuses for the guy I think it sucks I think he, I think it's a shitty position that he's taken and I think well it's, and it sucks for his employees because he's ostensibly a leader it sucks for his business know? too because yeah. people are p- people are literally not that like, Facebook gives a shit because they no Facebook. Have Peter Thiel and no Facebook. Know. If anything, they're pre- they're going to push his agenda. They're going to help him push his agenda, as as they've done with Peter Thiel. They've basically um, elevated. Facebook only stands to benefit when Peter Thiel establishes his sea colony filled with <laughs> with young, edgel- edge lords, <laughs> young acolytes who give him their blood. Um, <laughs> it really is like a fucking Baron Harkonnen situation. Right? I mean, we are we are like quickly approaching. If you've never seen uh, David Lynch's in- incredible uh, uh, film version of Dune, I highly suggest it. But um, we are approaching a scenario where, the, if you don't know who Baron Harkonnen is, I just suggest you Google it or and or watch the movie and or read the book. But uh, but no, I mean, yeah, the whole thing. This is the thing. It's all. I don't want to be the lost guy, but it is all connected. It is all connected. It's like the the bastardization of media. Not Ivanka's boat. The lack of <laughs> the lack of control spearheaded by Facebook and things like Facebook, like owned and operated by people like Peter Thiel, making investment decisions about people like Palmer Lucky, making investment decisions about people like Donald Trump. Like, this shit is all part of a continuum. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. Look at, look I'm, I'm the, honestly look, not that scared of Facebook. I'm scared Jeff, of... Look at the Jeff Zucker. Look at the Jeff Zucker thing. I'm scared of the people on Facebook. You mean humanity? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, like, has Facebook actually... I mean, I could see how it reinforces beliefs. Mm. I don't but think, how, I don't how, think how is Facebook actually doing that should, any I more think, than... I don't, think, I don't think being scared of Facebook is the move. I think being wary of Facebook is the move. Sure. Because uh, any technology... But I don't think any, Facebook is the root cause of no. racist idiocy. No, that's Reddit. That would be Reddit. That'd be the free and open... <laughs> the free and open exchange of ideas is the cause of race. Every man is race. responsible for his own soul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, vote your conscience. Vote your conscience. That's what I say. Upvote your conscience. <laughs> that's a good campaign. That's really good. Why aren't you in marketing? You're in the wrong... You get the I wrong was game. literally in the 2012 Reddit tour bus. For the election, I know. If you remember, I remember. I do remember. What was that like? We never. I like. I wrote a feature about it. No, you can I go know. back and read that. I know, but I I'm actually, just, it's we, very funny that the first thing that happened on that tour bus was we got on the tour bus, and Alexis Ohanian 
the co-founder of Reddit, showed us something that was published on Gawker.com that day, the Hulk Hogan sex tape. Wow, this is like just like Westworld. <laughs> this is actually the first half of the first episode of Westworld is exa- almost to a T what you just described. <laughs> Evan Rachel Wood is making memes for 30 minutes. She's like, she's like, uh, Anthony Hopkins comes up behind her. You can't tell what she's on a computer. You can't tell what's, what she's working on. And then she kind of moves to the side and it's a Pepe the Frog meme <laughs> that she created. About feels bad. Feels bad.exe. R slash R slash Westworld. And Anthony Hopkins is like, you're truly an edgelord now. <laughs> and then cut to smash cut to credits. Oh, how did, uh, was Elon Musk's ex on the first episode? What? Didn't you see that tweet? I don't know. I don't follow these tweets. Elon Musk. I don't have time for Elon Musk. Creator Musk's of SpaceX, tweets. Tesla, Solar City. Creator of bullshit and hot air. Tweeted, he I love tweeted, Elon. This, is a contro- this is a controversy. He tweeted yesterday <sighs> My ex Tallulah is on Westworld. He's so funny. I'm sure she'll make a great evil sex bot. He's a fucking cool. He's also kind of an edgelord, actually. He's like the most advanced edgelord. He's like the one. <laughs> he's like the one who broke through. Um, yeah, Elon, a uh, good good buddy of mine, great one of my favorite uh, uh, conversation partners. Uh, one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite uh, hot air, hot air um, blowers. At this point, here's what he said. Call me crazy. Yeah, Some of the future episodes of Westworld feature my ex Tallulah. Does a great job of playing a deadly sex bot. Smiley face. What a sick fuck. What kind of crazy sex dungeon do you think Elon Musk has? It Ooh. makes Ooh. it makes Christian Grey's sex dungeon look like child's play. Uh, it's just a um, it's one of those McDonald's spaceships, you know, like those play places, and you go in there and you just scream for him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. That's not his style. Yeah, it's, he wants you to no, die no, 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 from. No. Elon Musk is into actual sex, trust me. Yeah, but he doesn't finish projects, so I doubt he ever makes anybody come. Oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, hello. We got a live one over here, folks. <laughs> and that is the Tomorrow Podcast. I'll be back next week with more tomorrow. Yeah, the worst thing about this fucking election and Donald Trump is that Pepe the Frog has been ruined and bastardized by these fucking douchebags. Kitty Natopolis took a week off, a week off, and Pepe got <laughs> taken by the Nazis. Katie had a baby. You okay? remember the innocent days of Doge? Feels like I believe, <clears throat> I believe it's pronounced Doge. I'll fucking slap you. <laughs> I think it's Doge. It's Doge. You know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> it's actually. You know what? This is what, this, you know is, what how, this always... is how deep America's problems run. <clears throat> I can't decide. Doge is how it's pronounced. <laughs> actually, I think Laura's always pissed because it's pronounced dog. That's what it is. Is that what Laura's always pissed about? No, she was pissed about the Doge meme because people would say Doge. <laughs> Instead of dog. And obviously it's dog. But it's dog. It does look doge to me, though. It's dog. Anyhow, the truth is that um, once you enter the hatch and you enter the code, uh, you start to see that it's all connected. You start to see how um, the uh, Dharma Initiative and the others and uh, your plane crash and the giant magnet and the man in black, which, by the way, the man in black is also a character on Westworld. Wait, who is the man in black? The man in black is the uh, guy who is not... um, 
uh, what was Jacob? Jacob's alter. Oh yeah, his, yeah. His, his right. twin brother. The other Spoiler side alert, of the cookie. His twin brother. Uh, oh, that plot point was really, really labored. No pun intended. Um, there's actually it just occurred to me there is a character called the Man in Black in Westworld. Is there really? Yes. Um, played by played by Ed Harris. Interesting. Yeah. Turns out Westworld's just another fucking lost. Yeah. Well, Maybe it's a sequel. Well, J.J. Abrams' name sequel. is definitely in the credits. I like how J- now if you're making science fiction, you just get J.J. Abrams to do something. You pay him a licensing fee. You're like, what is it? He is the Trump of sci-fi. He just has names <laughs> yeah, on every building. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, how do we legitimize this hunk of shit? <laughs> Will J.J. put his name on it? Oh, J.J. Oh, executive producer J.J. Abrams? Well, in that case... Yeah, he he is to sci-fi as uh, Tom Hanks is to any historical biopic slash world war film. You excited about the new Da Vinci Code movie? Oh my God. I'm fucking psyched about that shit. How long did it take them? When did the first one come out? It's like easily a decade ago. Is there a porno called The Da Vinci Load? <laughs> I just I, mean, I just want to know. Yes, <laughs> it there... came out in 2006. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the best Da Vinci joke... <laughs> Load two angels and semen. <laughs> That's not a very Oh, that's pretty good. That's actually pretty good. To me the greatest job in the world, the most wonderful job is coming up with uh funny porn names. I that was is a I would job. I would leave everything if I could get a full-time position. Full-time position also a great name for a porno. <laughs> if I could get a full-time position uh coming up with funny porn names. You're good at it. You goddamn right I am. <laughs> this is what I put in the hours for. This is yeah, 10,000 hours. You know what Gladwell says? Yeah. 10,000 10, hours and you're an expert. expert. So you've you've put in 10,000 hours of puns. <laughs> of naming, porn puns. Of naming pornos, yes, easily. If not more. What are your top five? Well, I had a whole series called The Coming of Christ, which is about Jesus, a porno Jesus film. <laughs> uh, Taste the Rainbow. It's a gay flick. Um, Poke Men, no, which is a Pokemon parody. No, Poke, poke bed. Is, there's got to be a poke bed. Are you kidding me? I'm assuming. Uh, you think I would know. And then, of course, uh, the Da Vinci load. <laughs> that was your opus. <laughs> your opus day. Ryan, you'll, Ryan, you'll edit all of this, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll yeah. make it louder. <laughs> really crank the compressor up for this one. <laughs> Anyhow, getting back to uh, getting back to Trump. What were we talking about? Westworld? A Breastworld. Uh, oh, Breastworld's <laughs> very good. Have they made a, a Westworld parody called Breastworld? I mean, you're familiar with Edward Penis Hands, right? Yes. Okay. That's Whoever came up with that is brilliant. You know, he actually has penises for hands. Penises. Yeah, that's right. Breastworld does not exist yet, but if you want it, get the domain now. Boom. Breastworld.com. Uh, anyhow. Very TC, problematic. TC. Uh so anyhow, so how are you feeling about this election cycle? Or do you think that is it going Utterly to be? Terrified. Well, I feel like we're in it. We're in a uh, situation where I feel like everybody be... says they're terrified, but I'm terrified. No, I'm very terrified. I mean, we are we are on the precipice of of total apocalypse in this country, in my opinion. If Trump wins, it means that everything that has happened in this country for well the entirety of its existence, certainly post Civil War, uh, is is effectively erased. It means that we've, yeah, I mean, I, we've allowed an actual, bona fide, literal racist, xenophobe, bigot, uh, nationalist 
to take control of the in, of the See, highest the thing. offices. All that in the stuff land. I understand. Yeah. That's American. Okay. Right. Ain't that American? Is what you're saying? This country had slavery, so like that. Yeah. You know, hundreds of years ago. No, no, no. I I know, but I, and I like the point is nothing has ever been rosy in this country, mm. but there's been a certain level of respect for democratic norms. Right. He would completely erase that. I mean, he's already suggesting that the results of the election will be fraudulent. He's been asking supporters to go keep watching oh, yeah, polling this, places. This is which the is scariest like, to me. The scariest thing he said is this: this idea that that people that vote for him should go and watch people right. at polling places. That that is an incitement to violence. Uh, the under, and four years ago, they accused Black Panthers of doing the exact absolutely. opposite. It's intimidation. It's it, it's, it's just he, he's such a he's so reckless. I mean, he's he's a bull, he's ultimately just a bullshitter. But the when you're well, he's a, a presidential candidate. That bullshit has. S- severe consequences. His bullshit is like he's completely unaware of the of the. Uh, maybe he's aware of it. It does feel like his job is to is to like sell. He's trying to sell this thing, and everything beyond the selling it is. Yeah, like, and you see, last week like, or the week before, he's he teased a major announcement. It was really just a plug for his new DC hotel. God, he's such it's a like he. <laughs> he's such a fucking turd. I mean, honestly, I I I would love to see. I'll say this: I don't agree with almost anything that Republicans think or want. But I would be open to the idea of a Republican a Republican candidate who sounded sane. I'd be open to the idea that of a single Republican who stood for anything that wasn't complete bullshit. And I don't think we saw I think the reason why Donald Trump was able to succeed is because not just because he is good at Twitter and good at controlling uh, media attention, but also because the other candidates that were offered were complete garbage. I mean, I mean, they make Mitt Romney look like the, uh, like the most. Isn't that incredible? Po- like John McCain Isn't that looked, incredible? Like it has restored my opinion yeah. of John McCain. No, I mean, if, Mitt, if, if, Mitt if, Romney if Mitt Romney like had a... run, if Mitt Romney uh. had run, and Trump had not won, I mean, presumably Mitt Romney would have been able to do better. Maybe not though than Trump in these primaries. Mitt Romney would win without a question. Yeah. Like, did, did you see Mitt Romney's speech on Donald Trump? The one that he gave like early, yeah, the, to an economic club. Yeah. It's really remarkable. Yeah, it's like I, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, this has been brewing for fifty years, right? Like the major cleavage between the modern Democratic and Republican Party was the Civil Rights Act. So essentially, it's like the a, modern Republican Party was was founded on racism. Well, that's right? and, and of course, I, I mean, the, every every person and all you've had the last eight years is the right wing media establishment and right wing politicians saying. Obama's trying to destroy the country. I think any person who has been any member of anything that could be considered a minority, and and I'm, I'm only putting myself in that softly because I'm Jewish, and so I have some like, you know, I've grown up around Jewish people and and gotten the whiffs of like what Republicans think of Jewish people, which historically has not been positive. If you go back fifty years, it's very very not positive. I think anybody who is a member of a minority in America, a minority group in America knows that, that that that's the platform of Republicans, that racism really is like the kind of unifying underlying. I hate to say it. There are Republicans that are not racist. There are many of them. There are good, normal Republicans that want fiscal conservatism. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, fa- the fact of the matter is like racism is an institutional statement, right? So there are a lot of Republicans and Democrats who are racist that don't know they're racist. Well, actually, I mean, you know? I, I, like if you support if you support racist policies in a racist system with, you know, I believe there are a lot of people who do it unwittingly, 
Yeah, um, of course. But it doesn't excuse the, it, but... The, the, the problem with the modern Republican Party is, like, on Trumpcast, they had on this guy who was talking about how he was part of the group that created the original documentary and focus grouped and tested the idea that abortion should be something that would be a controversy. And then they brought that and they created like a fake grassroots organization like AstroTurf. And they did the same thing with gay rights for George Bush. And they did the same thing. And it's it's just picking new minority groups that they can get away with stigmatizing long enough to pick a new minority group. And yeah, like it was black people and it was Jews. And now they have to pretend to like them or us. And well, it's it keeps Mexican, going. And it's trans people, Mexicans, right. Muslims, and they'll just keep right. picking a new one. And eventually, the, but, it'll be a Scientologist. But the conti- <laughs> no, but the continual threat is like xenophobia, nationalism, and racism. Like right. that is that is the that is the, and that by the way, that is um a Anglo-Saxon this and bathrooms. Is like, They're taking our bathrooms away. This right? is like it's but but it's more but more, it's it's cooked up. Like we're all a little bit racist, but they've purposely cooked Not it me. up to weaponize it. Colorblind. And gender blind. I don't care if you're purple. And also, <laughs> all sorts of other blindness I experience. Hey, you know what? You can be gay in your own house. Don't be gay in my national parks. I Unless prefer... you're smoking a pack a day. <laughs> I prefer you're gay in the national parks, frankly. I think we add a little. So do gay people. Add a little, <laughs> a little uh, sexual energy to those, to those areas. Oh, well, we know? do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Uh, I'm I'm also terrified though. I I have to say I do think it's like even if we even if we even if Hillary wins, which is it, you know, it's a weird kind of victory. I do think we've opened something up here, awful in this country. And by the way, though, I think this is in the world. I think xenophobia is at is 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 there's a whole new. I mean, listening to these people, and I was joking about it earlier, but listening to people in England talk about leaving the European Union, right. and talking about how. Their country is filled with immigrants. Uh, Poland, there's there's yeah. a, a similar you know sort of uh, a wave of this happening. There is an extreme nationalism. That's, and by the way, it is like part of it is because of terrorism, which is scary and vague and like seems to be like coming from foreign entities far and near. Uh, but some of it is just like kind of inherent, baked in, old school racism and nationalism that people absolutely. I mean, the the, the really depressing part beyond the actual human suffering that people are facing is that it makes you realize how fragile progress is. I mean, it could be wiped away yeah. at any time. People have been fighting the Civil Rights Act for 60 well, years. It's like the Supreme Court's the one check where it's like the majority can't vote on the rights of the minority is the idea there. And it's so fragile with a presidential candidate coming in and replacing three. But even but even I have to say, I mean, um, you know, it it, it, it seems like you know what's so weird is when I was a kid, people would talk about World War II and they would talk about the Holocaust and it would be like, we can never forget. We must never forget this. It's so important to remember this thing happened. And I was always like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like I've lived with this thing my entire life. Like if you're if you're growing if you grew up Jewish, you hear about the Holocaust. Basically, not at least in my family, it was a kind of a nonstop like low hum mm-hmm. in the background that it would come up at times like friends of the family people in my family like had been had a, a direct experience with it but now it is like there's a there's a new generation Th- that generation considers facts like kind of malleable and we've allowed this kind of like this like short term memory to seep into the process where it's like you don't think of how bad it can actually get. Where it seems like Hitler 
is almost erased. Like the idea of a Hitler or a genocide is erased. Slavery, the idea of slavery and the and the insane human bondage that that existed in this in this country not that long ago is erased. And now it's like, well, you know, it's easy to it's easy to romanticize things that you're far removed from, and they become a little blurrier. Yeah, um, or forget them altogether. Yeah. Anyhow, this is a real but, upbeat end to this. Right. Like heading towards the, so finally to put a fine point on it, uh, West World Great Show, you should River watch City, it. River City Ransom, River City Rampage, <laughs> <laughs> River City Ransom is the other game that I was thinking of. <laughs> River City Rampage is the game that I've been playing on my Vita. West World is uh, all about Pepe the Frog, <laughs> mostly. Anthony Hopkins actually at the end of the first episode he takes off his face and it's Pepe underneath. It's pretty <laughs> terrified. Did see that one coming? Uh, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, TC? God, we really went down. Good luck out there. Went down, spiraled down. Build a nuclear fallout shelter. Those are those are going to be relevant again. Let quickly. me direct you to a piece. One of the uh, I think the first feature that The Verge ran in 2011. It's called Condo at the End of the World. That's literally the first feature we ran. It was on day one. On day one, November first, 2011. Right, November first, 2011. Condo at the End of the World, written by Joseph Flatley, uh, a great friend and a great writer. Uh, beautiful video shot by, uh, I believe, Jordan Oplinger and Billy Disney. I could be wrong about that. Where do they work now? Not really sure. I believe it's The Outline. Definitely The Outline. Definitely com. The um, and anyhow, uh, take a look at that because we're all going to need to build our own uh, fallout shelters pretty soon with luxury features. And I think that's the best we can hope for. Vault Tech really does seem like a Trump corporation, doesn't Actually, it? Actually, the whole no. Fallout storyline is eerily prescient when you think about it. <laughs> a 1950s America kind of like encapsulated in a world of nuclear fallout shelters. And Vault Boy is Eric Trump. <laughs> really makes you think. Really makes you think. Vault Boy. Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> and Eric J. Trump. That would be what a is... great storyline for Fallout 5, though. You know, they kind of reboot the mythology behind it, and you're fighting a bunch of mutant frogs. Pepe's. Racist mutant frogs. Pepe's. Yeah. Well, there are, some Pepe's. Mutant, there are some mutant frogs in Fallout, aren't there? Yeah, but they're not drawing swastikas on people's houses. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Are people putting swastikas on people's houses? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. Exactly. That's the thing. All right, well, TC, thank you for uh, coming on the show. This was such an upbeat and wonderful uh, episode. Oh, it's a pleasure, I guess Josh. I really enjoyed our time together. I will say this. Uh, I don't think this would have gone in any other direction, uh, no matter what we did. I think that we were always fated to end up in this place. Just like the uh, people on Lost who uh, experienced uh, the push and pull of time, energy, and human emotion. We have to go back. We do have to go to back. To a time America was great. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Though, unfortunately, your family has just Brexited, along with Pepe the Frog and Peter Thiel. <laughs>